Welcome to another episode in the Fleming Foundation's podcast series, From Under the Rubble. Uh, I'm Thomas Fleming, and joining me today, as in so many previous days, is Rex Scott. Welcome to the show, Rex. Thank you very much. It's great to be here again after the holidays are over and getting back at, uh, well, what we do here. And uh, our president has a foul mouth. Yes, well, that's certainly true. Whether the specific allegation that he used the S-word and applied it to uh, to third world countries in Africa, hmm, it's all sort of irrelevant because this is the way most people in his position in life talk. Hmm. Presidents, cabinet officials, senior military officers, they use this kind of language. Of course, language is the, is the norm? Coarse language has become uh, the norm among people of power, I think. It's the hmm. way they show they're powerful. One of the ways in which you could, you could say who has power and who doesn't is who gets to cuss whom out with what kind of language. <laughs> so, for example, if you're a, a phys ed coach, you can call, or a, or a marine drill sergeant, okay. if there's no recordings going on, Right. you can use uh, the foulest language to refer to the people under your control. <laughs> so the, the drill sergeant, the, the, the gym coach, hmm. the president of the United States, the corporate pre- uh, executive, they have power and, and they have the ability to use these words. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm not endorsing this. I'm not approving it. We do not endorse coarse language. Yes. The other thing is that as men in the room, the seven guys that were in the room, is it really uh, so shocking? Are you surprised and, and shocked and appalled and, oh, I'm so offended? But as the president, it's appropriate not really to use coarse language, yes, but certainly in public they should maintain their uh, dignity, the okay. dignity of their office. But many presidents we know from we know from the uh, Nixon tapes. Hmm. We know from uh, mo- most presidents use coarse language in private. President Obama was actually recorded dropping the f bomb, no. and has even in interviews used the s word <gasps> repeatedly in an interview, I believe, in in the New Yorker. In the present case, of course, it was not a public meeting. It was a private meeting with members of both parties. Right. The only participant in that meeting who claims to have heard uh, him calling it uh, these countries s-holes was Dick Durbin. Uh, Now, we here in Illinois, who are privileged to live in the state that he represents in the U.S. Senate, know that there is absolutely no way in which anybody would take anything Dick Durbin says seriously. He is a a career politician who tells untruth day after day after day. So there's no reason to believe Dick Durbin. I'm not defending the president. I don't like dirty talk in public or in private, much less casual swearing. But I think this this is a way we can begin to think about how people should talk. So you don't trust Dick Durbin? Well, he's an Illinois politician. What more do I have to say? I see. He's right up there with Rod Blagojevich, Barack Obama, the various mayors of Chicago. I see. This is a very dirty state. It's a very corrupt and crooked state. And it doesn't, and not just on the state level, politicians here in Rockford, many of whom I have met over the years, they are not people you'd want to introduce into your home or let your 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 wife and daughter meet. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you can be in a, a surrounding of friends 
and say something that's maybe coarse, and nobody's offended, and that's okay, right? Well, I'm not saying it's okay. What I'm saying is that we have to have a single standard rather than a double standard. In other words, if it's okay for President Obama to use bad language, <gasps> then it can't be worse for Donald Trump to use bad language. Hmm. Since Trump, as we know, talks the way most politicians do. And again, I think it's, it's an expression of power. I think it, they, they enjoy being able to talk this way. I also think one of the big things, and that is it's a real poverty of imagination to have only five or six words that you can use to be emphatic with. I mean, if we taught people better English, then they wouldn't have to talk this way all the time. Well, I think that uh, those words are uh, poignant expletives. They, they, they mark the, you know, the command. They, they get attention. Uh, they are in-your-face kind of words. They cause, uh, in some instances, they cause people to stop and say, wow, is he really angry? Okay, wait a minute, because he used foul language yeah, that, to punctuate yeah, his, that, his, his passion. Uh, I that may understand. have been true 100 years ago. It's now, it's like as some, there, there are one, di the ghetto dialect of American English that we hear constantly in rap uh, art is such that uh, the F word is as common as an and the. Now, it loses <laughs> all force and all meaning. When, when, when it's overused. I mean, it, it similarly, uh, erotic images have lost a lot of whatever, uh, whatever force they had to uh, arrest our attention when uh, all of uh, popular American film has the actresses taking their clothes off and, and engaging in casual sex, scene after scene. It's sort of whatever point it might have had, if you could find justification for it, that's pretty much gone now. Oh, I don't know. I think still in all, when uh, when used, like uh, Tarantino films, I mean, when he uses that, it's a constant barrage of foulness. Look, look, um, yes, but, that's right. But, but, but it look, really look, helps to find the characters look, 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 that are look, using look at, it. Just look at any interview with Tarantino. What's the first word that comes to you? Nerved? <laughs> Nerd, geek, feeble-minded, yeah, feeble character. In other words, this is the way weak people have, who, by the way, again, Tarantino, who can't speak standard English, can't use the language effectively, so he just takes refuge in this macho attitude, which is completely unrelated to his own real personality, because he's obviously... How many words can we use? Dork? Dweeb? <laughs> <laughs> but still in all, his, his cinematic technique is there. He makes very interesting movies that are powerful in their own to right. To me, it's just cheap junk. Well, I, I mean, it's like saying, boy, you really get a rush when you, when you, take, uh, when you take cocaine. I'm not interested. I see. Oh, even in spite of all of that, in the casuality of friendship and using these kinds of words because they're poignant, or let's put it on the other side, they're extremely funny. They can be funny and used, and, and they are. They I've used... got friends, we hang out, you know, we mm -hmm. kind of, you know, I'm in the band, and mm -hmm. the, we, it, play, sometimes play, it gets carried away, play, but it play, can... Play a tape and see how funny it is to somebody else. Yeah. The, um, uh, now, again, I'm not arguing here for puritanical standards in speech. I'm simply okay. saying that uh, compared to the way people talked 50 years ago in public and in film and in fiction, where even, you know, it was in 1939 when uh, Clark Gable ga delivered the line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And this was, <laughs> this was felt to be very risk-taking yeah. in Gone with the Wind. Now, we've come... Uh, we've come to the point where 
curse words, profanity, uh, dirty words have have lost their vigor because you they can't, they have no shock value, they have no surprise value. It's totally worn down. Well, there's also a point to be made that although he did say, frankly, I don't give a damn, um, it doesn't mean that the culture at that time was using profanity all every which way but loose. I mean, just because it was spoken in the movies oh, no, one no, time, no, no. Was very, we knew yeah. that behind the scenes, everybody was, you know, I, I've heard some pretty foul stuff in bloopers and, you know, that kind of stuff, even of Humphrey Bogart and so forth. So this language is as much today what it is as it was oh, no, 50 no, years no, ago. No, no. See, I, I happen to have the advantage of you. Uh, being 72 <laughs> years old, I actually was here 50 years ago, and I know how, and you know, I, I went to high school, I went to college, we, we had profane sense of humor, we used dirty language often, but I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, mm -hmm. let's say one, one, 1 being a, a Victorian parson and 10 being a rapper, we were maybe two or three. Wow. Whereas uh, your generation, you, you, you people hanging out in your band, are probably a six, seven, eight. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, we're a three or a four. No. It's an attention getter. That's what I'm but trying to say. But it doesn't get it. And it is it the doesn't. common language. It doesn't. It doesn't. It has, it has, well, why should people use the common language? Why not use uncommon language? Why not use extraordinary language? Why not use effective language? Well, uh, Language is an art. Well, the rapper uses that kind of language because it's the language that he grew up <clears throat> with. It is his ghetto language. It's, it's, it's part of his main, shall we call it, e well, he doesn't know, well, he doesn't. He doesn't know how to talk any other way. I mean, well, I certainly agree. Well, there you go. So that. he's got to drop the F-bomb every other four just, or five but words. But it is, it, is, it is, to put it mildly, not effective. Let's go back to the president, and let's Let's go back yes. to his use of, of the S word. Yes. And, uh, and one of the things, I know, Rex, that you are serious about your religion. Yes. And I, I'll, I, I don't, of course, I don't like the word religion. Nah. I think we should talk uh, Christian faith. There you go. Really, other people have religion. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we have uh, faith in the truth. Um, and uh, and because when we talk about religion, it's like okay, there's Buddhism, Confucianism, sure. worshiping voodoo dolls. You right. know, so let's. But anyway, um, so is it um, the, the the Bible has some strong things to say? Yes, uh, obviously swearing. it's you know coarse language is is uh, pointed out. The worst it can get would probably be blasphemy or using God's name in vain, which I try to steer clear of completely. Yeah. You know, damning somebody to hell is considered a fairly polite language, whereas using using graphic speech, dirty words, is uh, is considered less acceptable. And it yeah. should be the other way around. A lot of uh, we a lot of loose talk today. Like for example, the president in the headlines yeah. was often accused of swearing. He wasn't swearing. I solemnly swear, okay. you know, in the presence of witnesses that right. X, Y, or Z is true. Sure. So, um, St. Paul tells us not to swear by the sun or the moon and, and uh, the right. earth, not to swear by heaven, and but f because those are uh, those are pagan deities. Something in James about that too, right? Yes, that's right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and in fact, I misspoke. It is James. Okay. Well, I thought maybe he was, that guy was smart enough to have uh, thought of it well, himself as well. <laughs> <laughs> James is plenty smart. It's too bad that Martin Luther didn't understand that. Okay. <laughs> he called he called the Epistle of James the Epistle of Straw. Oh. Because uh, because of James's comment that faith without works is dead. dead. Yeah. And uh, but 
I, I maintain this is just a misunderstanding on Brother Martin's part. Anyway, yeah. going, going back, but, but uh, and worse, of course, than swearing by heaven is vainly swearing by God. You hear, you hear this all the time. I swear to God. I swear to God. Oh, but, right, okay. And then it's, they're telling a lie, even as they say it. I swear to God I didn't take the car. Really? Right. Well, how come, how come the police report says you were driving it when it went into the ditch? All right. <laughs> right. So swearing uh, to God is taking an oath. Um, why is that? Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand why that's so bad. I mean, uh, what, what does that say? Does it say, does it, are you using the character of God or uh, for your own uh, gain or you're backing you up? And you, yeah, you're, you're exactly lying? right. You're exactly wrong. You're, now, uh, you know, the Quakers go uh, very far down this. They take a few passages out of, out of context okay. and say you should never swear. So they won't swear. They won't swear on a Bible. They won't solemnly swear. Okay. You swear that what you're about to say is the truth, the whole truth, not about the truth, right. so help you God, and they'll say, um, I, I don't swear. I, I will affirm, like, like, the, like the difference in language. Right. But um, th this, is, this is really uh, uh, stretching those biblical passages beyond what they will bear. Mm. But certainly, we are very explicitly told uh, over and over in the Old Testament and in the New not to take the Lord's name when, in order to be a witness to what is, after all, a lie. In other words, and just as you shouldn't, but you should never swear a false oath. And in, uh, in fact, uh, swearing a false oath is a violation of one of the commandments, for Would example. Would that be this? Yeah, I was just going to say, thou shalt not take the Lord of the God's yeah. name yes. in vain. Yes. Nay, I never really understood, take his name in vain. I, I, what, is, what is exactly that about? Well, in vain means to, in this case, it means both to no purpose. In other words, to, just idly, but also oh. when, it's not, when you're swearing something that's not true. Okay. Vanity so if you just cry out GD, emptiness. yeah, that's no good because you smashed your finger. Yeah. But if you say, uh, "In the name of God, I did such and such, and it's a lie," both yeah, of those that, are. Yeah. Both of I would say the latter is much worse. Right. Much right. worse because you are you are solemnly invoking the Lord's name in order to gain credence ah. for yourself. Okay. You're using God like a rabbit's foot. Right. In other words, I could stroke it. I could say I could take his name, and I'm going to have work magic results. Right. As if somebody would say, "Well, I didn't believe him until he swore to God." Yeah. Now that's a whole different thing. That woo, that gave him a lot of credence there. You know. Well, see, in the Middle Ages, you know, the Germans did not have a very well developed judicial system, or mm. judicial code. So in um, so in early on, like sixth, seventh, eighth century, you would simply take a, you would take an oath. Like, did you kill this person? No, I swear by all that's holy. I swear by our Lord Jesus okay. Christ. I didn't do it. And if you were a gentleman, that was supposed to be taken. But if somebody took the oath on the other side, I saw him do it. Then what do you do? They scratched their head and they came up with this idea that you would have all the best people you knew and they would swear that you were telling the truth. So okay. you had, and, and then like the one other or more witness kind of gig. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Decent, well brought up gentlemen have actually sworn false oaths in order to gain an advantage. <gasps> so then what do you do? Well, then you could have a you could have a trial by ordeal, you know, in other words, walk through fire or whatever, or a trial by mm. combat, whereby you challenge the person who cha who has uh, challenged your word right. and then you fight it out and the god of battles will decide the uh, will decide who is right and who is wrong mm -hmm. this is only slightly worse than, than the way we go to whoever can afford the most crooked lawyer yeah. now tends to win right
in the days in which the primitive men of the Middle Ages were honest, and that right. is, you know, like Achilles in the uh, Iliad says, I hate a lie like the very gates of hell. In other words, to tell a lie is as if I hate it as much as the prospect of death. Ah. And, uh, but, and, and, and there are societies where, by and large, the, the good men, the, the good men and true who defend that society, will not lie. Even if the lie would save their life, they won't tell a lie. We don't live in that world, though. Right. Well, it's it's descriptive. Let's let's get it on the. I mean, uh, McDonald's is the coarse expletive of the dining experience. What did he say? I don't understand. What he, McDonald's is crap. Yes, I know. But see, there are a thousand ways of saying that. But the, the, the one of the real problems, as I said before, with the development of coarseness in in everyday coarseness is that not only do the coarse words uh, lose their effectiveness. Because you could say this over and over and over, and every everything, marshmallows, crap, you know, Mick Jagger, crap, Barack Obama, crap. Well, what, is, what? Ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. There was a time, even 50, 60 years ago, when people could be more explicit, more graphic, more beautiful, more sarcastic, more effective, because they actually learned the English language, a language which is by now almost extinct among people of your generation. Now, hold on a second. Are you telling me that <laughs> yes. back in Greece and uh, when they were doing their plays and stuff, there wasn't any instances of coarse language oh. that it was like not acceptable, oh, we're going to chop your head off or something? Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. In um, in, for example, in Greek comedy, in the comedy of Aristophanes, there's a, there's a lot of words that couldn't have been used on a New York stage until, say, 25 years ago. <gasps> that foul, huh? Yeah, no, well, but, but it was comedy. Women weren't supposed to, women and children weren't allowed. Oh, it was like, so it was adult theater. Yeah, it was adult theater. But oh. it, was all, it was also extremely political, and so the kind of, of what they used to call raillery, the kind of coarse insults back and forth, the right. mocking, the, the, the bragging, all of this is done quite brilliantly and it was very important to the functioning of the Athenian Democratic Republic to, ha to be able to take on your political leaders, whom you knew personally you could talk to in the street, take them on, insult them, have all sorts of, it's quite, it's quite brilliant, but it does use uh, not every page, not every act, but there will. But when they, but they, when they wanted it, they had they had an arsenal. Um, you're telling me that has this stuff been translated in English? Yes. Why do I want to read that? <laughs> Why? Now, Why? Most of the old translations, the old translations were uh, much more delicate, and mm. uh, and the I can remember, you know, the first time that I was talking with adults in which things like the F word, the S word, the, you know, every kind of imaginal sexual act. The only time I ever talked about this with grown-ups was when I was a college student reading Aristophanes, because it's in the Greek. You, you, a verb like so you didn't learn foul language until you got smart. No, I said I said with adults. I said with adults. Boys will be boys. Boys are coarse-mouthed little animals. Right. You know? Although uh, you know when I was a, when I was very small, like eight, eight, nine years old, I remember. Uh, that's the age at which you start start learning to curse. And even though I had no religion, all the boys in the neighborhood were good Lutherans, and uh, and with a couple of good Catholics, I was an atheist. 
Mm. And uh, but I was the only one who wouldn't curse. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. And it was everybody funny. else was foul mouth going to church and you were the only kid that wasn't cursing. And I, I think it was simply because my father was very careful about he the way he talked in front of his wife and uh. children. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't that he with his friends would not have used uh, graphic language. Right. But I never heard it. I never heard it. And right. So if your you, your mother doesn't use it, your father doesn't use it, you 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 somehow think in the back of your mind that if if you don't hate your parents, then why would you do something which they clearly don't want you? Well, to? I can remember uh, there was a uh, mom and dad were careful to use those words or not. I remember one time my dad pounded his finger and yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, what? And uh, also they used to stay up late and play cards and have yeah. some drinks. You know, a lot of families. And then I would go to bed, but I would have my ear. Oh yeah. Up. Wow, the, no, I'm afraid I was, I was not as pure as my own parents because, you know, uh, each generation is worse than the last, as we, as we certainly know. Uh. It is true to say that periods of history, like Elizabethan England, where they were, they were careful, but obviously they were using a lot of very graphic language, but foul words weren't weren't used in every other sentence. Right, the standard, as yeah, it were. They yeah. they watched their P's and Q's. Now, what about Shakespeare? Was there any, did he do any of that, or was he just a purist and never had well, the need to do so? The to put on plays in the in Shakespeare's lifetime, say, in the reigns of Elizabeth I and James VI and I, okay. during that period, it was regulated by government, and, and in turn, which was influenced by the Church of England. Mm. So, what year is that about? Uh, say roughly 1600. Okay. Say 20, 20 years on either side of 1600. Okay. Um, and as a result, there were certain. It, it, this is this is sort of funny. You could portray some pretty risky scenes: adultery, murder, all of that could be prostitution, could be all sorts of, yeah. also, especially in uh, in comedy, in uh, Jacobean. That is comedy in the reign of uh, of King James. On the other hand, you weren't supposed to uh, invoke the name of God, hmm. so you couldn't say. And so they came up with all sorts of weird words, like instead of. By God, it became egad, you know, <laughs> and so all sorts That's of still funny, the day. all words like you know, all these euphemistic expressions, right? Like darn, or they didn't use darn, but they, uh, but um, you know, odds bodkins, right? And uh, people still do that. Judas Priest, Jiminy Crickets, yeah. you know, that to or get as in raw the south. As when I was growing up, it was Jesus Crow. Okay, <laughs> cheese and crackers. Yes. Okay. So, so. Uh, but that was, uh, but that was by law. Right. On the on the English stage, so that oh, oh, oaths, and they were serious about oaths. You know, when when, when Shakespeare describes the soldiers full of strange oaths, he doesn't mean using the S word and the F word. He means you know saying by heaven, by Jove, by okay. and uh, and all of that. And uh, because and this is this is specifically Christian because pagans were always swearing by the pagan gods, all you know, trivial things by Hercules. That's that's good. And we still say, by Jove. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gotten a lot of mileage there, too. So why is it that uh, we as people feel the need to, uh, is it the most, most powerful that we can get when we say uh, those kinds of things, invoking a god? Uh, is uh, we talked about the seriousness of swearing, but um, in the same sense as the F-bomb, does the F-bomb have as much power as swearing by a god or the no, god? No, but uh, in a in a in a society with any sense with any religious sense, absolutely not. But again, we live in an anti-religious society, mm. 
and uh, a society that where the majority religion, Christianity, is hated by the government, hated by the media, hated by the educational system. So obviously, swearing, so saying, uh, by God, or, right. oh, or how many times you're in a you're in a movie theater, or you're you're having lunch someplace, and you'll see some daffy females having lunch, <laughs> and one will be talking about something really trivial, like and she's like, oh my God, it was so wonderful, oh my God, oh, oh my God, oh my God, and you, you, you yeah. want to go and tap them on the shoulder and say, a, if if you're a Christian, you should know better, right. and if you're not a Christian, you should there should be by a law. You don't invoke the God you don't believe in. You're offending people who do believe. Which she would come right back and say, oh, my God, yeah. why are you talking to me? <laughs> Women in our church, I hear <laughs> over coffee. And it's, oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. And so that's actually foul by virtue of using God's name in vain? Yes. And it's, it's totally trivial. Wow. It, it, it's, I don't you know, think people realize that. No, they don't. And Well, I'll tell you, now, one of the worst offenders are very... Uh, very prissy, parsonish uh, evangelicals, mm. because they're always swearing, they're always invoking the name of our Lord and Savior, mm. and every other word is is the J word, so to speak. Right. And whereas uh, serious Christians have always been very careful about. First of all, you don't refer to the devil because you might bring him in. Right. So keep him out. Yeah, keep him out. You don't mention him, and then you don't you don't trivialize your faith in God and Jesus Christ by constantly say by constantly talking Both about you. dragging them into every conversation. Brings it into sort of a commonality. Yeah. So the excessiveness kind of uh, blunts the uh, the great and mighty yes. measure. Doesn't that uh, isn't that sort of like the name of God in the original? Um, it was like Jehovah, but it wasn't Jehovah. Right. It the, was the sacred tetragrammaton, four letters which couldn't be pronounced. They could, you couldn't pronounce it because why didn't, why wouldn't you? You want to call him something? Are they? Well, why they would, would they call him. They would call him Lord. They okay. Would call, they would take the another another a Semitic word Adonai, which, Adonai. Which, which means which means Lord. But okay. the, but you know the, the word they always say. Well, you know the Jews worshipped Yahweh or Yahweh. whatever. They, they the Jews didn't worship Yahweh. It's a sacred tetragrammaton. We can't whether whether you whether you realize that it's Jehovah or Yahweh makes no difference. It's the same you're word. Not so, it's the same. It's the same four Hebrew letters, and you're not supposed to pronounce it because pr to pronounce it is to is to invoke it as if you have power over it and oh. you don't and you're not supposed to have power and of course later on there's a sect of Judaism the the, the Kabbalistic sect where Kabbalistic. Hebrew is a sacred language because words are actually things okay and so if you 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 could curse in Hebrew it will happen. You can invoke demons, oh. and it will happen. Now, I, I'm I'm not a Kabbalist. But I think yeah, this yeah. I think this is probably quite wrong. But it, it reemerges in the Renaissance, where some of these Renaissance magicians, the ones who knew Hebrew, were felt to have more power because, again, God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. This this is a very powerful Spocus. notion. In other words, God said the word, and yeah. the word itself is part of the these Hebrew words create the universe. So, for all practical purposes, we're not even supposed to say God's name. That's right. So, certainly, that is from from, from the Judaic point of view. Now, certainly, certainly, this make it should make us. Uh, 
Well, as, once upon a time when people knew English, I would say cherry. It should make us cherry of, of, or careful or uh, we, we, sh we should avoid overusing, over invoking these sacred words. Because it sort of blunts the meaning is exactly. what you're saying. It trivializes it. We get used to it. Uh, Walker Percy, in one of his beautiful early essays mm -hmm. uh, called The Message of the Bottle, he talks about that. Imagine you're on a desert island and a bottle washes up and it gives you the secret of life and happiness, the universe, everything. Wow. And so you go back and you start telling people the message in the bottle. Mm. And they say, I've heard all that all my life. I went to church every Sunday. I heard all that. Right. In other words, the constant repetition of the divine story in, in trivial contexts makes us impossible of, of understanding or receiving it. Right. C.S. Lewis uh, says somewhere that it was easier to convert Greek pagans than to convert modern men and women because Greek pagans had never heard the story. Modern men and women think they know the Christian story. Right. They've been, it was drummed into them in, in Bible class or Sunday school and they got all this, these stupid, silly ideas. And now if you try to tell them the true story, they can't hear it. Can't hear it because they did think it's so trivial. They, yeah. I've heard that a thousand times. Yes, it doesn't right, mean right. anything to yes. me. Now, on the other side of all of this, I have to say, I don't want to be censored. I mean, I want to be able to speak freely, and I wouldn't want somebody lowering the boom on me so that if I was communicating something, especially my friends... Are you, you referring know, to the 45 I have in my hand right now? <laughs> That's the thing. I just don't want to cock the hammer, then I know you're really serious. Let's talk about censorship then, because that would be the other side of this total, well, uh, shall we, it's hard to say freedom of speech, but or shall we say misuse of speech and talking the uh, way I want to talk. All right, let's, let's, let's imagine, instead of trying to answer the question in toto, that is in the, you know, globally, that's toto. the whole thing. <laughs> and that's not a little dog in the Wizard of Oz. I was going to say, what is toto? The, uh, it's Latin for all. all. So all, let's, not, let's, let's imagine a few scenarios. So, for okay. example, you've gone to the park with, with your two little girls. They're eight and ten. Okay. And you're watching them, and you know, they're playing with balloons and little fluffy kittens. And, <laughs> so, and some scruffy rock and roll uh, uh, musicians come up oh, and, are, and are telling dirty stories, dropping oh, the F word. And right. what, what, what is the proper response? Now, you can go over and challenge them, and then they beat you up. Probably. Or, uh, you know, there used to be laws about what you could say in public places. Okay. And there's some of those laws still exist, you can't enforce them. It used to be that if a woman walked down the street and men started shouting, hey babe, right. and, and started shouting obscene things, right. she could call a cop and they would be doing time. Right. Now, because words are not simple. We, we, we have this delusion that yeah. words don't have any authority. Well, if they have no power, why is it we spend so much time, so much money, uh, reading novels, watching right. movies, listening to music, words, words, words. No culture in the history of the world has, has spent so much money on language, and yet we, we say it doesn't matter. It does matter. What somebody says begins to control the images in our mind and you don't want your your daughter say daddy what did he mean by that wow, what does that mean boy. he put his what into her ah, what? you okay. know so right. so there are circumstances there are circumstances in church if somebody stands up and t wants to testify and starts saying you know all sorts of bad yeah, things yeah yeah so so 
What about in a what about in a nice restaurant or on the bus coming from the airport? I, my wife and I were once on the bus. This this guy, a complete sleazeball. First of all, he came and wanted to sit next to this woman he claimed to have met once. Hmm. She didn't want him to sit there, but you know she was pleasant, polite. Okay. Every other word was the f word. Wow. So I turned around. I said, "Listen, buddy." I said, "I'd appreciate it if you either changed her language, or if you would tone it, if you would." speak so softly, no, but we, we don't have to hear it. Right. So he got very abusive and threatening. This guy was like less than half my age and uh, well set up lad. And I said, all right, if that's the way you want it, I said, the bus driver has to make a stop in about five minutes. Between now and then, I'm going to talk to him about you, that you are a distracting and dangerous person and that you have to be put off. So you, you choose which you want. Hmm. You know, that's the only time I've ever won one of these. No. He actually shut up. Wow. But uh, I don't recommend this because no. we, but we've got into a point that people use language as a weapon. Right. And again, it's always the nerds and foul balls who use, who invoke this kind of language. Not, now I'm not talking about among their teammates or their bandmates. I'm talking about when women and children are present right. and they deliberately get louder and louder because it's like they're, they're drawing attention to themselves. Look at me, I can do anything I want. Right. So if you're talking, if we're talking about censorship of public speech in, in air, in, in places where where you should be able to dine out or travel without being offended. Right. Then uh, I, I mean, can see that. I yeah. can see that. What, but... what, what if you're sitting down and you're, you're just traveling on a, on a cruise ship and somebody comes up and starts telling dirty jokes to your wife? Well, yeah, that's just inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just... But it's language, doesn't he? If you're going to say he has the right to say what he wants to. And I, I, one of the greatest minds in the history of the English language and of English literature was Dr. Samuel Johnson. Hmm. And when at, you know, he was very conservative and very religious. Okay. But he was also very big. Uh, and oh. uh, and uh, when 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 robbers once set upon him, he he had a, he had a big stout walking stick, and somebody said it was like seeing seeing a bear beat down the the mastiffs that were attacking him as he anyway. Wow. So somebody asked Johnson about freedom of speech. He said, "Well, he said every man has the right to say what he likes, and every other man has the right to knock him down for it." <laughs> no. Okay, now, well, okay, we could live in that that's world. Escalation that big would time. be that would be a libertarian world. I've I've had this argument with libertarians. They say, "Well, we have a right." I say, "You think you have a right to sell uh, explicit pornography across from a school?" Yes, and I say, "Well, don't I have the right to burn your store down?" No. Why? Because my my, my rights are sacred. What about my right? What about my right to live in a world without kitty porn? Have my children not be exposed to this? I said, "Why don't we just?" We'll just take this. You don't. You don't believe in government. Let's take this out to the realm of government. And so, if I kill you before you kill me, <laughs> then 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 everything's okay. So words are a means to meaning and meaning to truth for those who are willing to listen. I mean, is that the ultimate means for words? Well, words, language is art. Words are a vehicle of art. So okay. all language. It, whether whether it's asking for uh, some of it's a very humble art like uh, give me a beer please, but <laughs> others you know I like when, that art. <laughs> it, it, when it when it approaches the level of poetry and song and drama and mm -hmm. fiction it it, it 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 gets more and more effective and more beautiful. There are now to get back to something I know that you you, you believe there are there are forms 
of language art where where dirty words are very appropriate. I'm not talking about pornography. Hmm. I'm talking about satire. Oh, okay. Where blistering, abusive satire of a tyrant or a dictator hmm. or a degenerate and uh, exposing him by, in essence, using his own language against him. Exactly, and and ancient satirists, but not just not just writers of comedy. A ancient satirists could be quite coarse because that's appropriate under those circumstances. Oh, and wow. there are art forms where uh, where it's appropriate in a love song. No, hardly. In, in most speech, hardly. But there there are places, and it ha be it if you're careful about not overusing such words, then uh, when you when you see them in Juvenal or Catullus, uh, to name two to, to Latin poets, right? Uh, then it's particularly powerful. And I agree with you; these words can be powerful, just as long as they're uh, as they're not overused. So coarse language could be used to tell the truth, yeah. but the ultimate truth is using this kind of language in everyday language is inappropriate, offensive, yeah. and uh, is probably not very smart. Yeah. Well, it's degrading because if every time you use the S word, for example, it, if the other person has a, has a good imagination, then he sees what you're saying. So imagine you're having dinner and, some, and you say, what's this... Right. And yeah, you say, yeah. well, wait a minute, and all of us, let's say the other person is a poet with a vivid imagination, and then he looks down at his plate and he sees a pile of steaming excrement. <laughs> well, or what I've if, been in restaurants like that. Uh, what, what if every time you use the F word, the person you're talking about saw a couple copulating? Oh, or, or saw you, or saw, or thought of you, I don't want that thought of you yeah. trying trying to copulate with him. Hey, 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 now, whoa, <laughs> now see, I, I, okay, I get what you're meaning. Yeah. I so, get it. So uh, words, words are power, and they should be respected. And if we're not going to have the Johnsonian solution—that mm -hmm. is, you say what you want, and then I take a club and beat you—then <laughs> we have to have socially agreed upon rules. And like most socially agreed upon rules, those those will inevitably be backed up by some law somewhere. So that, for example, on the New York stage, you can, would not produce nude people copulating oh, en masse on stage right. and then using filthy language. Now, I would I might make an exception for the New York theater because that's New York, and frankly, those that's those way those people are. Oh boy. <laughs> So, I think we've solved this problem. Right? I think we've solved, at least we've defined it maybe better than we've defined other topics that we've spoken of. And uh, if we're going to speak of it, let's keep the expletives to ourselves. Yes, expletives deleted. <laughs>